High Noon with George Hook. News Talk 106 to 108. Well, it's time for the Hook Health Checkup with Dr. Kira Kelly. Noreen, she got her ears pierced, right? And now it's weeping, right? And her lobe is much thinner and everything else. Should, should she have this seen to? I have a funny feeling from my reading of that question, George, that Noreen hasn't recently got her ears pierced. I think she has a pierced ear, all right, but I don't think that it's necessarily newly pierced. Um, she probably she has an infection in, in the pierced ear, you know what I mean? So first of all, she should take out the earrings and that would be the most advisable thing. If she's had them pierced for years and years and years, even if she takes them out while they're infected, the chances of them healing up is very unlikely unless they're only recently pierced. Uh, but... but She's like, going to probably need an antibiotic and an antiseptic and all that stuff. But women go on with all this BS about gender equality and feminism and glass ceilings Not and quite all sure what you this. mean by BS, but yeah, and go on. And then they go out and they pierce their bodies and their belly buttons and their tongue and their nose and everything else. Um, men, and, men do body piercing now too, in fairness. Not any sane men. So then they get they get this, and then they wonder where they get infections. Look, you know, we aren't here to pass judgment on this woman for having wearing earrings, you know what I mean? No, we're passing she, judgment on the female race. Well, no, no, when you say we're passing judgment, by we you mean you. Yeah. Just, just to be clear. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, Hold look, away. She has Do, an, an infection in her ear, and she needs to probably get an antibiotic, yeah. and she needs antiseptics, and she probably needs to take the earrings out. If it is that the uh, by thinner, I'm wondering, does she mean that the hole has migrated down towards the bottom? If it has migrated down towards the bottom, she is kind of in trouble because people do split their earlobes sometimes with earrings. Do you know what I mean? So the yeah. actual ear... Yeah, keep pushing it yeah, in and it Yeah, and, it, and actually it, it splits in two and that's not necessarily yeah. very easily fixed. No, I know because I have this problem. If you keep putting in your cufflinks into your shirt, the hole gets bigger. Y- yes. So yes. therefore, your earlobe is no different. You see, you think I'm an idiot, but your earlobe is no different from your the cuffs in your shirt. Sort of, yes. If you keep pushing yeah, 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 in yeah, yeah. now, right. yeah. Look, you're right. Stop making me say you're right. But do you remember those African tribes where yes. the women used to put increasingly big things in the lobe, so eventually the lobe was the size of a saucer. Yes. We're doing the same thing. Well. On a smaller scale, perhaps. On a smaller scale. On a smaller scale. All right. And been to the doctor twice in the last four months. I've pain around my belly button, worse at night, had a colonoscopy. Uh, it's cramping, nagging pain. Interestingly, I had a kidney stone last year. Belly button pain and kidney stone pain, they're in the wrong place. Kidney stone, that you, okay. you, you feel kidney stone pain either in the back or in your, in your sides and your flanks or maybe at the top of your groin. It wouldn't really be in the belly button. Um, cramping pain, and she may have something like a, a, a Meckel's diverticulum. She could have something. I think in addition to having, uh, she said she's had a scope done, but she may also need a CT scan, I would suggest. But it looks like she's kind of in hand because she is uh, getting something else done, isn't she? She's going on and having more things done. Had a colonoscopy done and due another scope down. But, so she's going to go and have another, another thing done. Um, she kidney stone I don't think is relevant here I think it's a red herring but there's something causing the pain and we need to find out what it is but why have we got all women ringing in now is because this because your, there are more hypochondriacs amongst the female uh, cohort I think it's to do with the fact that women love you George right. and that's why they're all listening to you well what about Sylvia in Galway she's been diagnosed with dysfunctional breathing leading to panic attacks 
How could she help herself naturally without resorting to topical steroid creams or pills? All right. I think this is a slightly unusual text with all due respect to Sylvia. Um, Panic attacks are not caused by breathing problems. Breathing problems are caused by panic attacks. Uh, and, and that strikes me, unless we're unless we're in a very unusual situation here, more likely to be the way around that this is. If the panic attacks lead to the breathing. Yes, yeah. rather than the other I way around. Um, so, Sylvia, what I would suggest is what you need to do is practice a thing called cognitive behavioural therapy, CBT. And what CBT is, we'll try and summarise it very briefly because I know George doesn't like my long answers, is it's how you think affects how you feel and how you feel affects how you behave or your actions. So you need to work on your thoughts. And when your thoughts start to become negative, you start to feel anxious and a bit panicky and then you start to have a panic attack. So you need to work on the negative thoughts that prevent the negative feelings, that prevent the negative actions, which are the panic attacks. And practicing CBT, and it does need to be practiced. You can't just sort of hear about it and then know how to do it. It takes a bit of effort. Um, Practicing CBT can effectively cure you of panic disorder. Um, But it does take work and it is a very good way of managing it and it's non-medication based. But it's not easy. You have to actually do it. But stress is a huge reason. I I cured panic attacks and dysfunctional breathing and everything without CBT. In yourself, are you talking about, or in somebody, myself, or in somebody yeah, else? No, myself. How did you do? Is this something to do with the Catholic Church? No, I wasn't. I wasn't running a crap business, uh, staying awake all night worrying about it, and I had a good job in radio and television. Okay. Stress. So I. So what you're saying was when you were under pressure, you had panic attacks, and then when things got better, you didn't. Yeah, but George. There, no, what I'm saying is, I'm not an answer. I'm simply saying, don't dismiss stress when you're talking about panic attacks. Yeah, That's no, no, no you're, you're, and you're absolutely right. And if somebody is in kind of a crisis situation in their lives, then panic attacks are going to be much, much more likely. And that's completely true. And I totally agree with you. But we aren't able to address maybe no, people's we can. situations. No, and we're not trying to. No. But, but sometimes, like, um, it, there is not enough research done about people being in the wrong job. You know, it's reckoned that 50% of people are in the wrong job and there's nothing more stressful. However, I have another question. That presumes that there's a right job for 50% of people, doesn't it? Of course there is. There is a right job for all of us. Now, I'm breathless, Lester says. Walking uphill or after any strenuous work. I had a heart test, all okay. Now, this is, we get the odd aegis. I think they write into us now, and you're going to tell me I'm wrong for giving out to him. But the reason you're breathless walking up the hill or doing strenuous work, if you've had a heart test, which he has, you're just not fit enough. I get breathless every time unless I walk you up have the stairs. lung disease, or unless you are anemic, or like, like ah, we, we like, come on. No, but George, we don't know. You have to be careful, okay? We don't. We don't know if he's had a heart. All I'm going on is is the text. So if someone's had a heart test and the heart test is okay, then we've outruled the heart as a, as a kind of a cause of breathlessness. You are right. Being unfit is another cause, but there are also other causes. Like asthma makes you kind of out of breath walking up a hill. Honestly. Or you, if you have a low hemoglobin, you get you know anemia. Yeah, last week you said you're not trying to make a doctoring a very wealthy profession, and here you are. Instead of answering the question, which prevents him spending more money, you know, you immediately want to be sent off for a raft of text tests, which would cost him a fortune. If he had a, this is Sherlock Holmes now. If he had a heart test, 
He had to go to a doctor first to get the heart test uh, set up, yes? Well, unless he went to one of these kind of... And there are some kind of Mickey Mouse screeny things you ah. can do. I know people do. They go into chemists and they get things done or they go into uh, flaky places and they get things done and people wave crystals at them and say, your heart is fine. We don't know what this guy's... He said a heart test and I actually think that's quite an unusual way to describe it. Most people say to me, well, I had an ECG or I had an angiogram right, or I had okay. whatever. Well, he didn't. So I'm wondering, did he have anything worth well, a damn done? Right. I don't know. All you right. don't know either. Well, I give him the other answer. Spend 60 quid and go to your GP. Because if you haven't gone to a doctor, my assumption was that he had been to a doctor. If he hasn't been to a doctor, go to a doctor. Are you happy now? I'm very happy. The medical profession has just got wealthier by 60 quid. Text in to 53106 with your questions. They will be treated with the normal sense of responsibility and respect that I apply to all questions. Dr. Kira Kelly will be here to keep me in check. The jawbone's really interesting because there's a thing called locked jaw or something, but sometimes the the hinge kind of gets locked. This happens to me sometimes. Does it? Yeah. I've jaw pain on one side for about five days. It's on the hinge. Cannot relax. Okay. Um, Lockjaw. That's Amanda now. Okay. This is for Amanda. Lockjaw, as you just mentioned, George, is actually an old-fashioned word for tetanus. So I very much doubt she has tetanus. No, I was only using the word But people do get TMJ dysfunction. And the TMJ is is your temporomandibular joint, which is the joint that joins your, uh, the hinge, as she calls it. By your ear. Yeah, over over by your ear. And And I get it. And that can kind of slip a little bit sometimes and then be slightly out of place. And then every time you open and close your mouth when you're chewing or when you're talking or whatever, it gets... It sort of slips and becomes awkward. I would suggest taking some anti-inflammatories for this. And as much as you can rest your jaw, rest your jaw. And if it's persistent, you may go and have to see somebody called a Maxfax surgeon. Now we're way over the 60 quid Well, now. we are. We are. Right. We, well, truly, we are. Yeah, a pal of mine is a Maxfax uh, surgeon and he's flying airplanes and everything. I mean, it seems to be a great job. Anyways, the question Amanda says is one for doctor dentist. Not yet. I mean... I'd try anti-inflammatories to start off with. I'd wait. I'd try anti-inflammatories. Five days. Come on. No, but it's one of those things, George. You know what it is? is You know when you bite the inside of your cheek and it swells a little bit and then you keep biting the bloody thing and, and because it's, it's swollen now so it becomes sort yeah. of self-perpetuating. Because you're always moving your jaw... If it becomes inflamed or uncomfortable every time you move it, and it's very hard to not move it, it gets worse. I would try anti-inflammatories. I, I, I like you're the most panic-driven doctor I know. <laughs> the one, Amanda, I'm so unpanicked. Amanda has a bit of pain for five days on the hinge. Relax, Amanda. Get yourself some Norofen over the counter. Provided you're not Listen, allergic. if you want to know about serious pain, what about the poor person who is in 70 in severe pain from a fractured vertebrae due to osteoporosis, can't tolerate morphine or whatever, short relief using salpidine? Now, there's serious pain. That is serious pain. And, actually, and you it, can't fix it. Well, I would suggest, okay, what, what, this is somebody who's in really, really bad and they have a wedge fracture, so their, their vertebrae has collapsed because it was brittle. So they have a load of pain there and it's very very sore they can't tolerate what they're saying to us heavy duty opioids they're not being able to manage them so they're using very weak opioids like salt well not that weak but but reasonably yeah. weak opioids like salpidine and they're getting some relief but not much 
I would go one step up the pain ladder of, of analgesics, which is painkillers. And I would go from salpidine, which is over the counter, to on prescription salpidol. It's nowhere near as strong as morphine, but it's a little bit stronger than salpidine. And this person needs something because that's very, you very painful. You recommended that once before and a listener texted in and said, if you take salpidol, you could be hit by a truck and you wouldn't notice the pain. Well, that's not true. <laughs> but it would indicate it's a strong painkiller. Well, it's the next step up, now, to be fair. can I make a bit of advice here? Go on. Because I'm in my 70s. You, you are? I reckon that when you're in your 70s, even though now they're telling us we're going to live to 100, right? Mm-hmm. I think you take whatever relieves the pain and to hell with the consequences. I, I well, we... <laughs> We do have to try and weigh up side effects for people because like things like opioids give you constipation, I know. George. Hold on a while now. I'm not I, – I, what I'm saying is that very often, particularly the medical fraternity, you look at something and they worry about like that you might die or that, you, you know, you might lose your hair or your toenails grow or something. Like the point is you're in your 70s. What you want is as little pain as possible. No, absolutely. That's why I'm suggesting they go up a gear. But bear in mind, I'm not talking about esoteric side effects like losing your hair. I'm talking about constipation, which a lot of people in their 70s suffer with. Don't talk to me about constipation. I was world record holder for constipation. And then I went on what? High fibre. And you go on high fibre and you'll never be constipated again. Now, this question... World record... Holder of constipation. <laughs> I think, Margaret's question, I should ring up my pal, Derek Hill-Martin. He's the eye surgeon, right? Now, he's done, done a great job on my eyes because he, he did my cataracts. Mm-hmm. And he had laser treatment for my eyes, right? Exactly the same as Margaret. Okay. Can that reoccur? The cloudy vision. Sorry, I'm, I'm just reading because it's quite a complicated question. After having cataracts, I had laser treatments for eyes being clouded. No, she's just saying she had it. So will it re- come back? Well, it shouldn't. No, exactly. no, no, no. Why didn't you say that? Well, no, because I was trying to understand. I thought she was saying that it had come back, that yeah. her cataracts had, had recurred. Oh, yeah. It should not come back. Uh, is that what she's worried about? She's worried yeah, about should she have the... Exactly. Uh, yeah, no, 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 this treatment I'll for cataracts... The, question. the treatment for cataracts is surgery. And I do think that she'd be better off to actually have it because it's terrible not no, being able to No, she had see. it. It won't come back, Margaret. Don't mind you one, Kelly. Just it won't come back. Derek Martin, my surgeon, told me it won't come back. I used to be driving down to Cork and I couldn't tell the difference between the, the, a cow on the road or a motor car. And I was always worried whether I was going to hit a cow. And Derek Martin did I my I can't ca- believe I've ever taken a lift off you now that you tell me. Now that you tell me, you can't tell the difference between cows and other cars on the road. Well, I used to, but Dara's... That's good to know. What causes cramps in the upper muscles of the legs? Well, usually, well, a few things. Sometimes people just get night cramps and things, and that's just a natural sort of phenomenon that people get even as part of ageing. We give them a bit of quinine and all that kind of stuff. But mostly why people would get cramps, muscular cramps anywhere, is from usage. Like, you know what I mean? So if they're out walking, they might get a cramp, or if they're gardening, they might get a cramp and all that kind of stuff. That's Do you the not get thing. a cramp? Like, where rugby players would get cramps. I mean, my courting was disastrously affected in the back row of the cinema because you'd suddenly be getting to the peak of excitement in the back seat 
going to the cinema with your girl and you get a cramp and you'll have to jump up and try and release the cramp. I think it's that was caused guilt. By, no, it's caused by, cramp is very often caused by the fact that you become dehydrated don't drink enough water and you get cramps. Well, well, yes, the, the physiology of it is to do with lactic acid and dehydration and all kinds of things. But the point is, it's often through usage, George. Do you know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. I'm saying if you're using those muscles. I think your cramps in the cinema were guilt, though. I think you, you, that's why you leapt up, actually. All right, what about bunionettes? Are they different from bunions? I think what they're talking about, uh, it, what they're using, I, I actually have never used the word bunionette, but I think what they're talking about is a, a lump. You know, you know where a bunion normally is, George? Um, sort of below where your big toe yeah. is. So it's a lump on the inner bit of your foot. They're talking about on the outer bit of your foot. Mostly all of these things... Operation. Yeah. But I, I have to say to you, foot surgery is lousy. Oh. It's a huge recovery period. It's, it's very, very painful. And I wouldn't recommend anyone having it unless they are Correct. crippled. Absolutely. The so forget about it. I'm worried about Mary now, but but uh, see, Mary is 53. She's a good health. She gets her blood pressure checked regularly, right? On Saturday, she had 30 minutes of pain in her chest, breathing hurt. Uh, my pulse and blood pressure was checked by first aid. She literally must have called St. John's Ambulance and all seemed normal. It ended as quickly as it came. She goes could on. it be angina? Yeah, I think it could. could I mean, it? Yeah, well, well, here's the thing. <clears throat> and this is a very important question because heart disease is the biggest killer of both men and women in this country. And if you do get a pain in your chest, and George doesn't like how I practice medicine, he always thinks it's, it's too reactionary. But the truth of it is, if you get a pain in your chest... It's heart disease until proven otherwise. We look for heart disease actively because we want to treat it. So we always presume anything could be angina. And then if we rule out angina, great. But angina can only be ruled out with ECGs and blood tests and possibly stress tests and possibly angiograms and all that kind of stuff. You need proper investigations. It is somewhat unusual for a woman in her 50s to have angina. It's more common in your 60s. But it's not impossible. But and we're going to only err on the side of safety here. All right. You dismiss me as some kind <laughs> of 75-year-old male supremacist, right? Which is simply not true. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a cuddly toy. You're a 74-year-old male supremacist. No, but the point is that pain in your chest always, you should assume the worst rather than. Oh, and I'm glad to hear you say that because no. usually you dismiss me no, on this. No, not on pains in the chest. Yeah. Pains not in the chest need chest. to be checked and, and, and with respect, not just by a first aider. There was a pal of mine on the, it, at Kingsbridge Station on the train going to Cork and he suddenly got a pain in the chest, right? Yeah. And he jumped off the train. Okay. Well, now, I think if I had the pain in my chest, I would have gone to Cork, you know. if I, I wouldn't have arrived alive in Cork if I had what he had. He checked himself in to hospital and they suddenly said, you're having a heart attack. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah, so I do. I'm not dismissing I, And just it. one thing, and, and we mean, first aiders are great. They're great on the side of hockey pitches and, and rugby yeah. pitches and everything. But they're not adequately trained yeah. to outrule heart attacks, angina or those yeah. types of things. So we, I, we wouldn't I, go there. I knew a fabulous bird once. Um, I used to kiss her a lot. Okay, and hold her hand and cuddle her and everything, and she got severe pains in her chest to the point of of checking herself in the hospital from Chinese food because of the LSE or MSG or whatever you call okay, it. Okay, okay. It was Ingrid. Uh, I hasten to. I- add. I'm glad. I'm glad we covered. <laughs> 
who the but fabulous no, bird was. But, but once Ingrid stopped eating Chinese food, and I've gone back 25 years, she never had a pain in her chest. So, it, you know, it can be other I, issues. I, no, no, it's often other issues, but we always look to Absolutely. make sure we don't miss it. That's 53106, all. you can communicate with the lovely Dr. Kelly anytime you like. Send us your health checkup questions. Uh, this week, in closing, I would like to recommend uh, Mary Magdalene's hem, which has, when placed on bruises, cuts, has tremendous effect. Yes? I don't even know how to reply to that. <laughs> it's the hook health checkup.